Mrs. Bohewell around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, you're listening to this probably either on HoosierHysteria.net. That's HoosierHysteria, one word, dot net. And if you are listening to it at HoosierHysteria.net, please go to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. That's all one word, Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, dot podbean, dot com. And you can listen to over 150 uh, episodes. You can download them, listen to them at your leisures of, of uh, interviews with Basically, anybody who's associated with the great game of basketball from the state of Indiana. Uh, Rick Mount, Kent Benson, uh, Coach Gene Cady. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. If, if, if they played the game, coached the game, officiated the game, shoot, or even just have a, a, a fabulous uh, memory and love of the game, uh, you'll be able to see interviews on there. That's keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. Uh, today's guest, uh, I was in sixth grade, and I had the opportunity to see this guest play basketball, and um, we've, I've already talked with the guest that I'm about to introduce, uh, and, and he knows I'm a broader pole rocket, but it was 1980 at the IHSAA Final Four in Indianapolis at Marcus Square Arena, and I got to see this guy play ball, and uh, this was Magic Johnson before Magic Johnson was was what was really known about, in my opinion. So uh, today's guest is an Indiana All-Star. He is a member of one of the uh, Silver Anniversary teams that are in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, and he was an outstanding Evansville ace. Uh, and I'm talking about Richie Johnson, a New Albany Bulldog. Richie Johnson, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time. I know your, your, your schedule is busy to help keep the nostalgia alive and chat about your members of this great game of basketball from the state of Indiana. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Um, as I can see, you know, basketball still still the greatest game in Indiana. Uh, I always tell people that. Richie, what was your first, you know, the New Albany Bull, Bulldogs, of course, won the state championship in 1973 under Coach Kirby Overman. What what was your first, was that your first real introduction to the game of basketball, or was uh, New Albany in your bloodline before the, the before the 73 well, state championship team? Not really, because I learned, you know, I, I learned the game, way back uh, in the day from a gentleman named Eddie Cook. Um, he was my neighbor, and what he used to do, me and uh, his brother, he used to train me and his brother, and all we would be able to do was dribble. He never would let us shoot. You know, if you shoot, he might smack you on the back of the top of the head and say, I told you, you're not shooting, you're just dribbling. <laughs> so we spent countless hours dribbling left-handed, right-handed, between the legs, doing all everything that you could possibly do, because he was he was an unbelievable dribbler himself. And he always said, you know, if you're gonna play this game, your heart and soul of the game is gonna be dribbling, because you got to be able to dribble to play. I don't care what else you can do, if you can't dribble, you can't play this game. So I always kept that in mind. Now, now you uh, tell us a little bit about your family and your upbringing. You uh, a little bit of a you know you're not, you weren't like most people where you had a mom and dad around, if I understand correctly. No, no, I was raised. No, I was raised by my grandmother. Um, um, me and my sister was raised by my grandmother, and it was a it was a you know it was a Baptist environment uh, where we went to church and Sunday school on Sundays. 
or we didn't have a chance to go outside and play on that. You know, we never got to see Sundays. And everybody likes to get outside and play, especially in the summer. So uh, that was one of the requirements on Sunday, church first, and then you could have your activities afterwards. And if there was a program at church, he was going back to that program after church. Now, was it like it when when I was a kid and had to go to church? Did you have to go to church on the Sunday the Sunday morning one and the Sunday night one also? Oh yeah, it's all you know. That's what <laughs> it was. It was you know that was the commitment. Uh, Richie, what yeah, was your know. what was your first memory? What 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 was your first high school basketball game that you attended and watched? Well, I uh, you know on the seventy three team, I have uh, you know I had a cousin and a, a half brother playing there. And then, you know, because we always used to hang out in the neighborhoods and we all, you know, knew each other. And, and I knew a lot of those guys off the 73 team. Um, and I followed them. And I really, I, I don't really know. I really fell in love with the game because, you know, I had I had great coaching. You know, when I started out playing, um, I played for a guy named Ralph Dooley who started me out in the third grade, which I think was back then was kind of illegal but he used to let me come in and practice with the older guys um, when I was in the third grade. And he was a disciplinarian. And he, and he, and he treated me like I was playing on the team. So that really uh, kind of helped me get going. But, you know, I got to really, you know, the person that really got me started and put the ball in my hand was Eddie Cook. And Eddie's about 5'3". Five three, one hundred and thirty-five, one hundred forty-five pounds, but hell of a dribbler. So was Eddie kind of like a father figure to you? Well, yeah, more or less. You know, he was. He, he was just. He wasn't a. I, I want to say father figure because he was a driver. Uh, he was disciplined. You know, just the way he is today. I, I get asked him today about how disciplinary he is right now. He's disciplined, and he's still he's five. One of the most disciplined. And he's still five three. Oh hell yeah! Well, if you let him tell it, he is. When I tell him, I said, "Nah, man, you're half size of a milkshake." And, and that, uh, once Eddie took you under his uh, wing a little bit to show you about the game of basketball. Hey, you come and distort it on me. Hello? Yeah, I got you. Okay. So yeah, he. I mean, really, because he demanded that you know he didn't the shooting and things like that. He's like, man, if you handle the ball, you'll be able to drive and get baskets. You can always learn to shoot. You just can't always learn to dribble. Were you kind of excited that you were in the area where you were supposed to go to New Albany and to become a New Albany Bulldog? Well, I mean, after we got after we got going, because see, my you know, I, and I and, and as I as I played, you know, we you know, I knew I had um, other teammates. Like I knew I had Stoops was at one place. He was a slate run, and then me and Benninger was at S. L. and Jones. Uh, we knew Dave was at Green Valley, and we knew we had a, some pieces, some pretty good pieces coming in that we could probably have something special if we put it together. And then, you know, because we all played at different uh, junior high schools except uh, me, Benninger, and Stoops. And you know, there there was there wasn't there was there wasn't any AAU back then. If not, it was just the beginning of it. So so how did well, you right. guys? Yeah. So how did you guys? You know, I mean, did you guys get together? Did did I mean? How did you you know play with your future teammates? Well, we well what we did was I mean we 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 kind of knew what we had and and because our, our our like I said my middle school coaches well once I got from Ralph Dewey. Uh, 
I had Ralph, and then I had uh, after that I had um, a year of um, uh, Alan Roeder. He was a disciplinarian, but they were unbelievable coaches. And then as 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 you know as we moved on, I kind of think they communicated with their middle school coaches, saying, "Hey, you know, I think you got something special here. You might really want to work with it." So my first year in middle school, I had a guy named Bill Rickman, and he did not play. <laughs> you want to talk about disciplinarian? Oh my goodness! And I, I joke with him still to, to, to this day about how disciplinary he was because he was a disciplinary. And but the thing he did, I think, was he made you understand what the game was about. Study the game. Because one thing he made you do, make sure, is that you had his English class as a player. Was so that, that what, really that really helped me, man? Because he made me learn the game through that English class. Was basketball your first love, or did you play other sports? Oh, uh, it was it was it was it was my love. I didn't really tinker with any of the other things else. You know, I ran track up one year in my my freshman year, but I didn't really tinker with anything else but basketball because that's all I knew. Because the guys that coached me were all basketball minded guys. Did you did you particularly pay attention to the history of the game of high school basketball in Indiana, or were you just kind of focused on, you know, let's get through? Well, I, I knew some things. I, I didn't know everything, but as I as I started getting a little older, I started realizing, you know. Hey, you know, this is something special. Uh, this place is a special place. And uh, it's only gotten better, you know. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I, I owe everything to the people that coached me. I really do. And, and the guy that got me started was Eddie. Was uh, Coach Jack Ford uh, there when you got there as a freshman at New Albany? No, Jack didn't come time, became a junior. But we instantly clicked as a junior. I knew he was about, he was a family man, and he wanted to keep it about being a family. We're going to do this thing as a family. And he knew what we kind of had coming back, so he he kind of put it on uh, on us seniors, me, Benninger, and Stoops, Booker, and Herschel. Or, hey, you know what? If you're going to win this, you guys are going to have to get together in the summertime, and you're going to have to work together. And that's exactly what we did outside and out in the parks, community park. I mean, we were doing it all midday in the evening. Were you kind of nervous uh, changing head coaches going into your junior year? No, or no, was no, it nice, no. Was no. it a nice, nice flow? It, 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 no, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. Cause I, you know, I, like I said, I had great coaching, man. What kind of squad did great you? Great coaching. What, what kind of squad did you guys have your junior year? Uh, we had a pretty good squad my junior year. You know, we did. I mean, you know, that's when Chuck France lit us up for about fifty something. <laughs> he lit us up. I mean, every shot he shot went in. It looked like, seemed like it was. And Chuck France was that? Was that Clarksville or um, Clarksville? Uh, Clarksville. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's everything, you know, you, you, you know, you, you, I think you got to put a lot of it on your coaching too. Cause like I had great coaching. I mean, I had Del Rickmer, then I had two years of, of, of Doug Beerman, my ninth, my freshman years, who was a real strict disciplinarian. Guys, what I loved about both of those guys, they don't like to lose. You know, they're, 
you know, Rickmer's more a little bit more was a little bit more. He's a little bit more subtle and laid back, but he don't like to lose. When that gym door closes, it's business. But he makes you learn the game by the way he trains you in practice. You have no choice but to learn the game. Are you being the best damn shape of your life? <laughs> Coming into your senior year at uh, New Albany, did you guys feel like you had something special, or did you, you know? Oh yeah, we did because we we were close. You know, we were close mid team. We hung out. You know, we did things in, even before school started in the summer times, and we made everybody. You know, we we we, we held everybody accountable. You know, if you weren't gonna come to work out, you're gonna get a chewing on. Because we knew it was gonna take all of us. <laughs> How did Coach Ford kind of keep you guys humble and keep you guys, uh, you know, kind of on the level, you know, uh, winning game after game after game? Well, him him and, and, and uh, Charlie Bass, you know, Charlie Bass let you know right here. He, he didn't play around. He'd tell you how it is like a man. <laughs> and, and, and I can't say the thing, but I can tell you right now, he tells you like it is. He don't sugarcoat nothing. And I appreciate that because he didn't sugarcoat it with us. He told us like men, if he don't tell, if he didn't treat us the way he treated us, we don't turn out to be the way we are right now to this day. Did When did the recruiting process start for you, uh, Richie? Was it your sophomore or junior year in high school? Junior. Do you recall the first letter that you got uh, uh, wanting them oh, wanting man. you to play ball? No, nah, I mean, no, nah, because they were coming in bunches, and <laughs> I was handling it. Coach Ford was trying to handle it on his end, and he was spending him and Coach Bass were spending late nights. I felt really bad because they both were spending late nights in in the office, seven, eight o'clock at night, taking let calls, and because that's before you could contact the player. So it really started, you know, I, and then it kind of took off and. You know, good things happen, and I, you know, I give, I, I, I just, you know, I give it all to how I was raised, and uh, without a father, but I had a now, I did have an uncle boy, woof. I had an uncle, he did, <laughs> he kept me straight and narrow. You know, it's uh, Norman it, Mukes. Norman Mukes, he's he had his own rules, and his rules when you play, you you walk the walk, you walk the line, you don't tow it, you walk it. He used to tell me that all the time. Hey, boy, don't you toe the line. You better walk that line. And I knew what that meant. Tell us a little bit about your memories of your senior year, you know, uh, going undefeated. You you know, you start the, the, the tournament and, you know. We just, you know, we were just trying to, you know, I, I, you know we, we were just trying to accomplish something, a goal we set. You know, we, we just set a goal amongst ourselves and, uh Try to accomplish the goal that we all figured we could get. You know, I, I, I know this is going to be a dumb question, but I have to ask it because I may get a different answer. But during your guys' senior year, you know, it's kind of like in, in 85, 86, I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself here a little bit. Our team went undefeated before we went into the uh, – and I'm talking about Broderpool High School. We went undefeated before we went into the tournament. And I feel maybe if we would have lost a game – during the regular season? Well, well, I don't know if that would have uh, – I don't know because there's a game we should have lost. 
we just I don't we just we just were more experienced and was able to pull it out because there's a there's about couple of those games I recall in my mind we should have lost and actually we should have got beaten in the sectional Jeffersonville should have beat us because they had us on the ropes Jeffersonville should have beat us Jennings, Jennings County should have beat us um, um, oh where else was we oh it's quite it's, I'd say there's three or four teams that probably should have beat us we just had more experience Floyd Central played you guys pretty tough too right Yep, 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 yep. They try, they probably should have beat us up there. So, so t- just but we knew once we could get, we knew we could get them up there. We could probably, we could, you know, neutral court, we could get them. Did you, did you already make your college choice before uh, your senior no. year or during your senior year, or was it no. after, after the? See, I had to wait. I, you know, because Jack, Jack had a rule. You know, I, you know, you try to make your visits either before, but none during the season. Which I, I which I'm, uh, I perfectly understand because it would have been a distraction. See what I'm saying? So what I, I I didn't do it like the normal person. I took one or two right before um, uh, the season started, and I couldn't miss preseason, so I I had to squeeze it in like I could squeeze it in, and then I took the rest uh, after the season in in, in uh, April, I think March in April after the season. I took five or five or five of them, I think, in April. And then I had to make my decision. Tell us a little bit about Coach Ford. What what, what did he mean to you? What kind of coach was he? That did he have a doghouse? Oh, man, that guy, a dog man. House? That, 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 that's that dude is an unbelievable guy. You know, great father figure, uh, family man. You know. Uh, his lessons were all about family, being family. I guess the only downside to Coach Ford was his uh, jacket selection. Oh yeah, he used to tell him <laughs> about his pants and that jacket. <laughs> but he wear he didn't care what you said about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he get out. Yeah, I, I I can remember him getting off the bus trying to stop the traffic so we could go. And hell, if you see those pants and jackets, and he gets out the street and he's waving at you, better stop. You're like, what is this? <laughs> how how did he get you? How did he get you prepared for the Final Four? And tell us about your memories about the Final Four that year in Indianapolis. Um. Well, I mean, you know, back then, it, I mean, I tell people that, that back then that you know we did it. We had to. We you had to win two games to win the, the, the state finals. People don't believe me that they didn't believe that. I was like, yeah, nowadays you play one game and you can be the champion. But he prepared us. I mean, we were prepared well um, for what we did. I mean, we, we, we prepared well. I mean, we just, you know, we hit a, hit a wall and didn't, didn't, didn't accomplish the things we should have done. Uh, I ended up fouling out, you know. So uh, we went into it with the mentality that we could we, we, we felt we could pull it off and win it. And we knew they were athletic. You know, I thought that Broad Ripple had spent all of their energy on that game against Marion. I, I don't know if you guys felt that way or felt like maybe you had had a, a, an no, advantage we knew, coming we into knew, it. We knew they would come back with some fire. We knew Bill Smith would come back with some fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... You know, you lose to Broderpool, 
you know, brought up a wins the state championship. We should have lost the first game. <laughs> uh, I mean, the kid hits the misses the free throw. True. To Andrean. You know, and we probably should have got beat down in Evansville. We should probably got our socks back over there because we was, we we were tinkering. We were tinkering around, man. And uh that's a semi state. In Evansville and I and I was like, man, who was it that we played? I'm trying to think of who it was. But they had they 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 they, they had every opportunity to do this. Did did the final four go by fast? Do you do 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 you recollect? Do you do you kind of cherish those memories you had of the final four? Oh, I uh, think you always cherish. You know, um, you know. I know I always cherish my Indiana basketball roots, and I tell people about them. I say, Ain't no better place. You show me and find me a place. There's no better place to play basketball than the state of Indiana. If you get in the right hands of somebody who's going to teach you this game and show you how to do it and do what you're supposed to do, if you can do it and see if you can do these things. See, I was tested early, like I said, when I started with uh, Eddie Cook. You know, he tested me early. Because he was a disciplinarian. Himself was. So I really didn't have a, you know, I, I, you know that screaming and hollering, it didn't bother me. You know, whatever you want to say, you can say it didn't bother me. I, I never held on to that. I, I like, you know, I got to tell my son, you know, I have a son who's playing Division Two basketball now. I said, man, listen, there's a lot of coaches Use words, yep, I know you don't like it, this and that, but you don't listen to the first word. You listen to what he says in between, and then don't, don't listen to the last word. And you're okay. But a lot of these parents and kids, they can't take that, you know, uh, the screaming, hollering, cursing. And, and, and I know a lot of coaches have slowed down doing that, but, you know, that's, that's you know, that's some coaches just, that's the way they do, get it off. You know, it's a motivation tool. But it don't bother me, Richie. What gave you your confidence? Because you were, you were, you were almost your confidence and uh, uh, kind of swagger, if you say, uh, was was awesome. How, how did you keep that? And how did did you stay to the ground and not, you know, because you were an outstanding ball player? Well, man, because I knew I had teammates. I knew you can't. I knew you can't do this by yourself you can't do this and I knew I had good teammates and you know Charlie Bass was staying near in my ear too and said hey you know you can't do this alone how did you feel about being named to the Indiana All-Star team and did you actually have a goal of maybe being Mr. Basketball when you started out your senior year you know what I had no goal of none of that my goal was let me win a state championship and where the chips fall, they fall. Do you stay in contact with any of your uh, uh, fellow teammates? Oh, yeah, from that yeah, year? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We had a special bond. See, that's what people don't realize. That that even not winning it doesn't separate you. You know, it, it, I, I think it brings you together because we, you know, we stay in touch. We all, I mean, I stay in touch with basically all of them. The hardest one to stay in touch with is Moody because he, you know, his his job requires a lot of travel, so he's the hardest one. But you know, we try to we try to plan stuff. We 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 were together, I think, about five or six years, five years ago, six years ago, and him back in New Albany. 
And I stay in touch with Benninger, um, Bill Benninger, Kenny Booker, Jeff Stoops, um, Dave Bennett, um, Mike Hunt, Tim Brandt. We all stay in touch. Did you stay in touch uh, with Coach Ford until he passed away? Yeah, I stay in touch with Rick still. You know, his family, his mom, and Coach Vass, Charlie Vass. We all stay in touch. Um, we know you Tony made. Mukes, w- w- we know you made the decision to go to Missouri. We know that was short-lived a little bit before you went to Evansville. But w- what was the college recruitment like back in the day? And and you know, was there was there totally, another? Go ahead. Totally different. I mean, you know, you take your visits, and you know, after your visits over, the coaches are like, "What do you like? What you don't like?" And then you know, hey, we want to offer you. And I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't sign any place on the road. And I wanted to check it out and see what was going on. And then I knew going to Missouri, we would have a pretty good team. Um, and I still, I, I, and actually, quite as kept, I've talked to a couple of those guys from Missouri. Uh, they they kind of blame me and say, well, you know, we could have won a national championship. It was your fault. <laughs> I said, man, you know, <laughs> I had to do what I had to do, man. <laughs> And, and, you know, so. and yeah, and, and doing that, doing what you had to do, did you feel like it, it was just in place to, to to go back to Evansville? Well, at that time, that was I wanted to get back in school right away, and I could have went to a semester school, but I would have had to wait till like January, middle of January, and it was October then. I was like, oh no, I got to get back in school. And Evansville was a good choice because I had help. I, I didn't know what we had there coming in after I had the red shirt that first year. But the second year, we had we had a good, great group of guys. Tell us about your uh, experience as an Evansville ace. Oh man, I had I had great teammates, man. I'm telling you, great teammates. And we're talking we're talking the Evansville basketball program, probably what right. uh, five, my first, my, my five, first year I read. Say go ahead. Uh, I mean, we're talking, you know, it's about five years maybe uh, out of, you know, them losing the whole program basically on a, on a plane crash in 77. Right. And, you know, you know, being, I knew there was a lot, a couple of those guys from around my hometown, Steve Miller, uh, Tony Winburn had passed in that plane crash. But we, we got treated great, man. People treated us great. I can't say a bad word. It was great, unbelievable how we got treated. And when you got to Evansville, did you feel like you had made the right choice? Did you feel like you were back home? And I did and, and because I had there was a couple two guys there, uh, Theron Bullock and Brad Leaf, who are hell of a leaders. Their leadership is off the chart. And my, you know, I, I the second year in when I could play, we had, I knew we was gonna have something pretty damn good. And they required, boy, they, 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 they their leadership was unbelievable because they required, hey, you be here, you be on time. We don't care if the coach is not here or not, you be on time. Did you find a big difference between the high school game and the college game? There's a big difference. Because you got a man in your spot, man. <laughs> you know, you got, and if you can hold it down for five, four years in a row and start and do the things you do, well, then you have a hell of a job. Because it ain't easy. It is not easy. Believe me.
So you know, close to your senior year at at Evansville, did you know what's your what's your state of mind and and what are you looking for in the future after basketball at Evansville? Well, I mean, I'm you know I know and uh, I, I, I really wasn't wanting I really wasn't ready to go into the workforce yet into the criminal justice force, so I I, uh, I chose that I wanted to play professionally and I ended up getting drafted, but my first year out I went and played in uh, Europe. And I actually went that summer and traveled all through Europe and played. And uh, then I got a job and I stayed in, uh, I think it was in Holland my first year. And then I came back and as soon as I got back, I was in Detroit until late October in the following year. And then when I got released, I, w- I went back to Israel, played in Israel. As your career went on, did you have any injuries that kind of plagued you or kind of maybe, uh, you know, uh, that you still deal with today? No. What, okay, what was it like to play abroad over in Europe? You know, what what's the difference between, you know, coming out and playing a, 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 when you were playing at Evansville or, or coming out to 17,000 people in the Final Four in 1980? What, what, what's the difference in uh, uh, the game over in Europe than it is over in the States? Well, well, back then there was, uh, than it is now, back then there was a lot more money uh, than it is now. Because uh, some of the economies there have went all damn near bankrupt, so some of those places don't even have teams anymore. But it it, it was a, a, a very physical game, you know, and the and the, and the lanes were much wider, um, and it was just all out physical physicality. That's that was the. Um, I think the biggest difference. Richie, how hard was it? Uh, how hard was it for you to hang your sneakers up and not play ball anymore? And how did? When did you realize? Well, you know what? I got to move on. Well, I mean, because I started having kids, and 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 the other thing is, I tell people, I said, I, I, you get older, you might lose a step or two, but you don't lose it upstairs, and that's the key. You know, and I tell people, man, you don't, you don't, you just don't lose it like that. <laughs> you said your son played for a Division two school. How, how many children do you have? Three. Uh, my oldest daughter is uh, human research for a big construction company here in La Crosse. My middle daughter is a school teacher in Burnsville, Minnesota, and my son is a uh, sophomore at um, Minnesota Crookston uh, D two in in Crookston, Minnesota. Do you enjoy going to his ball games and kind of pass along the stuff that you were taught when you were younger? Well, you know, when he listens, me and my wife say, you know, he did, we say it all the time, he doesn't listen. So when, when he hits the rut, he does. And uh, I know we had talked previously before we decided to, to do this interview. You said the, uh, those Broderpool Rockets are a little bit everywhere and come out of the woodwork and give you crap, don't they? Oh, they, they're, they're everywhere, man. You'd be shocked. <laughs> Uh, you know the the company my daughter works for. His wife is the Broad Ripple uh, uh, <laughs> uh, graduate from eighty. So you know I get it from her. How did you end up in Lacrosse, Wisconsin? Well, Flip Saunders, who has passed, bless his soul, I love. Um, he recruited me out of high school, and we always kind of stayed in touch, and. 
he brought me out of, I was in Israel playing, and he's like, come on, man, come on. So I came all the way from Israel here where it's cold as hell and left 90-degree weather to come to, I think at that time it was like 45. And, you know, I was like, come on, Flip, man. He's like, it's going to be all right. It'll be all right. Just just believe me. And I stayed with him, man, the whole year, and we ended up winning the championship. But I, I learned a hell of a lot from him. You know, and not to say you're gonna ever quit learning, but the things he taught me about the game was that the pro game was unbelievable. Him and another guy, Don Zierden. Those guys, man, those those guys, those guys, the mastermind of the, the game. They understand this game like it's unbelievable. And then you know, Flip, you know, passed here not long ago, three, four years ago. I think it was three years ago. So that that that, that kind of hurt, but you know I still rely on Don Zierden. Those guys got NBA minds, but well, not just NBA minds, but the whole total game mind. So they could coach NBA, high school, college, wherever, because they have that mind too. The, those good coaches, they have uh, some great qualities about them, don't they? Man, you gotta you. I keep telling people, you gotta be blessed when you can get them, and I've been blessed. Uh, I, I've been blessed because I've had some. I've been in Europe and I've had some. <laughs> some guys you know, they 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 think it's a track team instead of a basketball team. Do you ever visit Indiana that often? Do I get back to New Albany? Right. Yeah, I've been back. I've been back. Uh, I've been back here because I had a sister that passed not long ago, so I've been back and forth cleaning up some of that stuff, but. Um, I get back. I don't get back nearly, you know, that much. But this year I have. Do you think class basketball has kind of uh, ruined the game or hurt the game? Man, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. <laughs> what are you thinking? Why are you touching something that's not broken? Yep. I mean, is it? And and I, I haven't been to one, so I guess you're doing it like everybody else is doing it. So after the game, you clear the building, and then a new you have to buy a new ticket. And a new group comes in. Right. Is that what they do? Yes. Man, that's the same crummy stuff they do here. Same crummy stuff. Cause after is there six games? You know, I said, man, it's ridiculous, man. You got people going out buying another ticket to come back in to watch the next game. But that's what they do. They clean house. I don't know, man. I don't know who thought. I don't know who got in there and started tampering with whatever. But I don't know what's wrong with the game the way it was. I don't. Has it helped any of those lower level teams yet? One more time. Has it helped any of the, the smaller division teams? Uh, you know, you there know you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly, there man, you exactly. There you know, you go. I think it if, don't help. Yeah, exactly. I think if the people who, the majority of the people who changed this to the class system, could have seen what it did to Indiana high school basketball, I think they wouldn't have done it. I think. But, you know, we're in a society today, unfortunately, where it's like, oh, hey, uh, you lost, but here's a trophy. Right. Right. And, and right. that's right. that. that I mean, I, I don't think that I don't think that helps kids. Oh, I don't. I, I, I believe in, hey, winner takes all. And I mean, you can't do nothing about the small schools, no matter how you change it up. They're still they're still not getting to where they want to get to because they got a smaller school. If that's the case, break them up and play them in a different division. But don't change up the 
uh, you know, what you changed up. You took, you, you know, you're the only state that was doing winner takes all. So, yeah. Indiana basketball is a good place to learn to play, man. What does Richie Johnson do today? Uh, youth director. Youth, well, youth head coach, basketball coach uh, at a lacrosse YMCA. I've been there for over 20 years. Oh, wow. And I enjoy it. We travel all over. In the summertime, playing AAU games, Louisville, South Carolina, Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, uh, you name it, Tennessee, Florida. We, we teams just traveling all over, just trying to give back. What was your Indiana All Star experience like, uh, Richie? Oh, great! I had a great time with. Um, those guys, man, I really did. We had a good, 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 good time. Uh, I stay in touch. You know, I still talk. I uh, hear from uh, uh, Sean Teague. I mean, Teague stays in touch, and Lauren Littleton, and um, um, Brian. Uh, I can't think of Brian's last name. Brian Hubbard. So I stay in touch with all those guys. We stay in touch. Are you in a, doing quite well? Are you are you a nostalgia kind of guy? I mean, do you, um, I'm, you know, I, I mean, do you do you wake up every morning and think of, you know, if I would have done something this way, if I had done something that way, or you just sit back and kind of enjoy the way that you were raised, the game that you played, and oh, and, and man, how you I, turned I out? I wouldn't change nothing. I wouldn't change anything. I don't know if anything could have been better. You know what's what's the old uh, say that what's the old saying? If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a noise? You know, it's you know, uh, if uh, ifs and buts with candy right. for nuts, right? Right. I'm not one of those. Wow. Well, if this, if that, you know. Nah. You know, I, I tell people if, but I can't. You know, I don't want to say it on the radio when I normally tell people. <laughs> Richie, so what what what's it like to to coach the youngsters today? I mean, is it is it? Do, do you, well, it, you can't coach them like you played it. You cannot coach them like if you think you're gonna come in here and coach these kids like you played it, you're crazy as hell. Cause that's not how it is nowadays. You get the problem with nowadays is the kids just go and play. They don't want they don't learn the game. The kids that survive are the ones that understand the game. Because once you understand the game, that's one of your weapons. And if you're pretty, if you if you got skills. That's two weapons. You know, if you can do the other things, that's three. You're pretty damn hard to stop. But you know, I I see it in the kids. They don't they don't they don't they don't go to their. I, I tell them, say, if this is your craft, this is what you really like doing, then you got to go to the office. You got to work at it. And I ain't talking about coming in, shooting, laying. You know, I'm talking about come in, get you a good hour of work on a skill, your ball handling, whatever else you want to work on. But do it. Find time of the day to do it. Is there a favorite memory that you had while playing uh, at Evansville? Um, I think you know every game we played my second year was a memory because we, you know, I think we thought we was going to be decent, but we didn't know how to. 
And how did Richie Johnson get pumped up to play a game of basketball? You know, nowadays you watch TV and they come in with their wireless headphones and they're jamming on something. Uh, uh, man, that's not me. I, <laughs> I, 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 I just like I like challenge, and I don't like to lose. I'm a piss poor loser, but I understand you got to lose to learn how to win. And I like to win. Kids know they play for me. They tell you, oh no, he likes to win. I do. How do you feel when you lose? If you go for a job interview against somebody else and you lose, and you let's just say you don't get the job, that means you lost, right? Right. <laughs> right. Right. And how does that phone call feel when they tell you, ah, well, we took somebody else, we didn't want to take you, we wouldn't? You don't want to hear that. And that's the way I try to coach the kids. It ain't all about winning. But win in life, man. Take this out of here and go, 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 go. Do the same thing. Attack life the same way. You'll be all right. Because life is a game. Life is a game itself. You know, it's it's, it's how aggressive you are to get what you got to get. Aggressive. You got to be smart and somewhat aggressive. Have the parents changed a lot also within? Uh... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got the prisons running the prison. <laughs> Richie Johnson, I probably <laughs> took you, uh, have you for a little too long. I appreciate your time. I'm sure that everyone who is no going in, uh, uh, in New Albany Nation and stuff like that and University of Evansville are going to enjoy listening to this interview. I thank you so much for your time, and uh, I think everyone will enjoy. Hey, man, if you got any problems, anybody gets mad at me, you know, saying prison, you run a prison, you can tell me, call me, and I'll be glad to just tell them exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And that has to be, it's at times, hard to, hard to do. Oh, yeah, because when I, when, when I know when I was in junior high and, and, and Beerman would put me on top, he said, I don't care what happened, you better go get a rebound. <laughs> so I was like, man, you know, it's pretty hard to read. He's like, I don't, excuses. Everybody's got one. Now, did did I hear correctly? Am I wrong with, you know, uh, did Kirby Overman start that kind of almost minor league system with the junior highs in New El- New Albany? Uh, I want to. I don't know if it was him or, or or Coach Ford. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I I know I know my I know in my era. The high school coaches run all. I mean, they 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 know what's going on in the middle school in 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 in, in the kids that's coming up in elementary. Oh yeah, they do. Jack and them did. They knew. They knew that they were getting by the time we got there. You know, because we had Buck first, and then Jack came in, and they knew all along. You know, because the guys they, they communicated. And I'm thinking the high school coach must have a lot of control over all of it. Indiana high school basketball, you gotta love it, man. I'm telling you something, man. It's, man, it's, it's it's no. If you get if you get with the right person, there's no better way, place in this country to learn the game of basketball. And I and I learned two different stages. I learned the the, 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 the high school game, the college game, and then I was fortunate to get with Flip and learn the true professional game and how you can mix this in together. It's amazing. 
you know, I I wasn't very good at it, but man, I once I found out I wasn't very good at it, I kind of uh, I kind of just became a sponge, and you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Broderpool has a pretty good um, uh, history of of basketball and basketball players. I know Coach Smith. You can either love him or hate him, but uh, you know, uh, he led a lot a lot of a lot of youngsters down the right path. But you know, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes and they're not perfect. Right, 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 right. And that's what Jack. Jack never held you. For the mistakes you made, right? You know, because you know, when you have people that make mistakes. You just, you know, he run the hell out of you and move on. That's one thing we did. We did a lot of running. <laughs> all those, basically, really, all those guys, all those guys, we, we did. I mean, you know, but Jack didn't curse. Really? Yeah, oh no, 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 no. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> And you could ask some of those other guys. We used to have to go to church together. You know that, right? Did not know that. And if you didn't go, you didn't play. <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't care. Hey, I don't care if you had 20 and 12 or whatever. <laughs> that following Friday, Saturday game, boy, you ain't playing that weekend. You better, you going to church. All of us. I ain't just talking about me. I'm just talking all, every one of you. You're going to show up for church, and you're going to go to this church this weekend. Because if you don't go, you will not. Oh, you you have one hell of a time playing the following week. I don't care what you did in practice. I don't care what you did in the game. <laughs> I don't think that would roll over today, would it? Oh, no, you get sued. You get no sued. kidding, man. Isn't that sad? You get sued. Isn't that sad? See, that's the part. Those are the parts that's missing. Yep. And he didn't care who he said. I don't care. And we had some guys on there that was real, not real church going guys. And he said, I don't care if you don't go, if you don't have a church, if you believe in this and this and that, you better be there on Sunday. You better be at this church on Sunday morning. And we all were there. <laughs> oh yeah, he kept his family, man. He kept it real. What he did with his family is exactly what he's going to do with you. Do you do the same thing with yours? Do you uh, uh, attend church? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Man, the stuff that is instilled today—that that that back then. The problem is, today. if you don't if you don't instill it, then you can't. That's what's wrong with churches now. That's why you see churches folding and closing the doors because they have no members. They're not passing the baton on. People don't take their kids. You, I mean, you should you should know that. You can probably see that now. The church on Sunday, you know, that was a there was nothing else going on when I was growing up but church. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't getting in nowhere until after church. One or two o'clock in the afternoon, especially the black churches. One or two o'clock in the afternoon. Now you out. You got freedom. Yeah, that's gone, man. That's a lost art, man. People aren't doing it no more. They don't do. People don't take the kids to church and think it's important. Or heck, even have dinner at the dining room table. Right. Well, yeah. that's lost too. That's yeah. why you got. That's why you got all the drugs and things going in the world now because people don't know what their kids are doing. They think they do. Or little Johnny wouldn't do that. Yeah, he will. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that I did not grow up in the age. You know, I I grew up a little bit when ESPN started, but I'm glad I did not grow up in the age of social media. Oh man, me too. Me too. You know, at at, uh, at, at times I'm thinking like, oh, this would be this would would, would have been cool or this would have been great, but I, I I'm glad that I didn't. Damn right, you are. <laughs> man, let me just let me know. All right, thank you, Richie. I appreciate your time, man. This will be All great. Right. Take care, man. All right, All bye-bye. Right. I'll get the email to you, okay? Okay. Bye -bye. All right, bye.